You're listening to A Scary State. So, Lauren? You have to tell us what week we're covering. Oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You're listening to A Scary State, and this week we're covering New Mexico. So, Lauren? Yes, Nora? Let's get scary. All right. So, I have a story for you, Nora. So, you know how we had our whole stove issue? Yes. All right. So two Sundays ago, we came home. Joe and I came home after my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And when you walk into our apartment, it's just kind of a set of stairs and there's six apartments on it and we all share a stairway. Mm -hmm. So I smell or I smell gas. And I'm like, oh man. So I look at Joe and he's like, I think you're just freaking out about last time. Like it's not that bad. So I said, Uh okay, fine. So we go into our apartment. It doesn't smell like gas in our apartment at all. So after about an hour, I'm like, oh, I can't stop thinking about it. So I took Roy out. Mm-hmm. So we go outside. We're outside for like five, ten minutes. We come back in, and all of my neighbors are out in like the hallway. Oh no! And I'm like, "Is this because of the gas smell?" And one lady's like, "Yup." And I go, "Oh, oh man!" So I drop Roy off in the room, like in our apartment. I come back out, and she was like, "Yeah, I think we're gonna have to call nine one one." Oh, not again! So we call nine one one again. We have two ambu- or two fire trucks, one ambulance. 15 firefighters this time. Oh. And they wow. can't figure out where the smell's coming from. They go into every single apartment, like all six of them, can't mm-hmm. find out where it's coming from. And then they kind of like made us feel stupid for calling. They were like, well, did it smell very strong, like gas? And we we're like, enough for the whole <clears throat> building to come outside. Yeah. We were like, well, yeah. And they're like, well, strong enough, like that you got a headache. And one of the ladies was like, well, yes. And I said, well, we were kind of concerned because we had to call about this issue just uh, not even a month ago. So we are kind of, you know, a little worried about it. Uh And so pretty much long story short, they couldn't find anything. And they were like, oh, well, it just happened to be there's a gas line around here that burped. And that's what gave you the smell. That burped? Uh Uh-huh. And we're like, so a gas line outside that did that made the smell inside our apartment. That makes a lot of sense. So everyone goes back into their apartment except me and two women who live here. So Mm -hmm. one lives in one apartment and one lives in another apartment. So we're all just chatting. And I don't know how the conversation gets up, but they were talking about all of, like, these different people who have lived in this exact, like, Mm -hmm. this exact unit that we're in. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently, a couple before us, like, not right before us, but, like, a couple years before us, there was this lady who lived here. Uh She was a masseuse. Oh, no. So she would have men come in at all hours of the day to get massages. But she was also very into, like, ritualistic things, like <gasps> candily ritualistic things, which is, like, fine. But she told one of my neighbors that there's a spirit in our apartment. No. Yes. But she says it's a very friendly one and to not worry. So that prompted my downstairs neighbor to tell me a story that she had. So she said she was studying one day at home, and she looked out of, it was like 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. that she was studying. It was really, really late. She looks out of her bedroom window, her bedroom door, and she sees an elbow followed by a pink dress, and her husband wasn't home. So she calls him, and she's like, I need you to come home, like, right now. I don't know what's here. And so he comes home. They don't see anything. (laughs) So a couple days later, she's cutting, like, peppers and fruits and stuff for their dinner. And so she cuts all these peppers and puts them in a bowl and goes to do something and comes back. And one of the cut pepper pieces is across the counter. She doesn't have any animals. She doesn't know what could have moved it across the counter. So she calls a priest and has a priest come in to bless her apartment. Oh, I would do the same thing. Yep. So we had a downstairs get blessed by a priest. Our place has a spirit, apparently, who's nice, like friendly, no 
no meanness, but okay, I wanted to text you so bad, and I was like, I need to wait that until I see is her. Insane. Yeah. Also, I'm very curious about what what went on in this apartment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. But I've never felt anything negative here. Like yeah, I, I I'll be either. here alone or I'll be getting ready early in the morning when Joe's sleeping. And I've never like been scared. I've never felt creeped out. Except mm-hmm. once I was listening to a scary podcast and I got really scared and I had to stop listening to it. Oh. And so that's the only like thing, but I've never felt negative or anything here. But yeah, great fun. Wow. <laughs> but what Roy has started to do, Roy's my dog, he'll sit on our bed in our room when it's like time to go to bed, our windows closed, our doors closed, and he'll stare up at the corner of the room and just like stare at the corner. Uh-huh. Not blinking, just <gasps> staring. And I'm like, can you please stop? Oh my god. And then one time I was talking to Joe, he was laying in bed, I was standing up next to the bed, and there's like a screw or a nail or something coming out of the ceiling. And so he was looking at it, but I thought he was looking at something on the ceiling, and my brain immediately thought of something creepy crawling at me, like a like no. a like a ghosty thing. Oh my god. <sighs> Speaking of things crawling at you, yesterday Ian was he got up and was walking across like the room to the bathroom and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh my gosh." And I'm like, "What?" There is a huge spider nope. running across the oh, floor. No, we had to like move furniture. He's like, "I can't relax unless we get this spider." We were like moving furniture, my dog's freaking out. He smushes the spider and literally it's like even curled up, it's the size of a quarter. No. It was so, ugh, it just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. I agree with Ian there. Like, if I see a spider in my house, it must die before I can go to bed. Yeah. And I know people say to save the spiders, but, like, I just can't. No. Not I when it's, just no. can't. There's just, everyone has their boundaries and limits, and that's, I think, one of ours. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I have a really gross story about a spider. If you don't want to hear it, skip ahead just, like, 30 seconds. When we moved into our house, like, a long, long, long time ago. We're doing something in the garage, and this huge spider comes out. So my dad takes his boot and, like, slams it. It had babies on its back. (gasps) And the babies just scattered. So I just remember thousands of babies. Oh, my God. I... All I remember is screaming, running into the house, locking the front door, and hiding on the couch. Yes, all of my family was outside with the door locked because I mm-mm-mm. you locked them out. I did. I was so scared. <laughs> what did your dad do? I don't know. They're probably like, well, my dad thought it was funny. My mom and my brother and I did not think it was funny. Oh, my oh, gosh. God. That's insane. Because we live near the woods. So there's yeah. like, you it's know, wooded bugs. Behind your house. Yeah, yeah, bugs. and Oh, God. Gross. Uh-huh. Gross. I have to tell one quick funny thing that I told Lauren I was going to tell. Okay. And uh, it's just so <laughs> funny. So we're trying, we're looking at our reviews online, right? We're on iTunes. And Lauren said, there has to be a way that we can see who left us reviews because I want to give them a shout out. And I was like, what do you mean? Like you can see people's names? And she goes, yeah, like Love Pop or Michael J. Fox 29. And I was like, excuse me? How did you think of those usernames so easily? I don't even know. I I tell Lauren I want to live inside your brain for like one minute. Just I just want to see what's going on. It just came out. It just felt right. <laughs> okay, I think we got to get into New Mexico. And I just I want to I want to apologize about my voice real quick. It is allergy season, so we like a rusty voice, girl. A rusty voice. Is that, is that the right word? Raspy. Raspy. <laughs> 
Me and my rusty voice. <laughs> Rustic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like Nora said, this week we're going to be talking about New Mexico. All right. So, New Mexico was nicknamed the Land of Enchantment and joined the Union on January 6, 1912 and became the 47th state in the U.S. New Mexico is one of the four corners and shares a corner with Utah, Colorado, and Arizona. So we'll add that to our list so we can stand right in the four corners. Oh, yeah. I like Some that. weird laws are it is illegal to carry a lunchbox down Main Street in La Cruces. Uh, no sexual activity can be performed during a lunch break in a parked car. Hmm. And in Albuquerque, it is illegal for a cab driver to reach out and pull a potential customer into their car. Some people may call that kidnapping. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Clayton is known as the scariest town in New Mexico as it has three of the most haunted locations in the state, Dawson Cemetery, Chemo Theater, and Foster's Hotel in Chama. I'm talking about three places in Clayton, and it's not any of those three. Oh, oh, cool. There's so many places. Sorry. No, awesome. (laughs) Um, New Mexico has more than 400 ghost towns. And they also helped define the term third-degree murder along with Wisconsin. So that was kind of cool. And the town of Teos has a mysterious humming sound that some say sounds similar to a faraway diesel engine. So it's just a humming sound that just never stops. Oh. Yeah. Um, the Yuraka Mesa in the Philmont Scout Ranch has been struck by lightning more times than any other place in New Mexico, maybe because, according to Navajo beliefs, a gateway to hell is located here. I was going to talk about it, but I could not find enough to talk Ugh. about it, which was really upsetting because it was really cool. Ugh. And then according to Wikipedia, the one we always quote, in New Mexico, there has been one unidentified serial killer. All right, Nora, what are you telling us today? So I'm going to talk about the supernatural history of the tiny town of Clayton. Okay. And there's so many haunted areas of Clayton, so many haunted stories. Um, So I just zoomed into three of them. Um, Two of them are like kind of brief. And then one is so interesting. I'm so excited to talk about it. Okay. Um, So Clayton, New Mexico is located 200 miles northeast of Albuquerque. It's a, oh, can I just say, this is so random, but the first time I ever heard of Albuquerque, New Mexico was in High School Musical. (laughs) Oh my God, wait, maybe same. The girl, Gabriella, was like, I just moved here from Albuquerque. Yes, that's why that name always sounds familiar. (laughs) I'm sure other people can relate. So, shout out to High School Musical. I was in legit High School Musical. My high school did High School Musical. (gasps) That's so cool. I was a skater. Ooh, Mm -hmm. nice. And then I was the MC of, like, the science host thing, like the science fair or whatever competition. Yeah, I was the MC, so I had, like, three lines. Wow. (laughs) You go, girl. (laughs) Big star here. (laughs) So, yeah, Clayton, New Mexico is located 200 (coughs) miles northeast of Albuquerque. It's a very small town with only 3,184 residents, according to a 2019 census. Now, New Mexico being a Wild West state and all, it probably doesn't come as a surprise that there are many reported hauntings. (laughs) In Clayton, Mm -hmm. or in the state as a whole, but specifically in Clayton. Um, And in 2018, Clayton was named the most haunted town in all of New Mexico. So, like I said, I'm going to zoom into three of those places in Clayton. So, the first is the Hertzstein Hertzstein Museum. Stein, right? Stein. Okay, we'll go with that. Just... Pick it and go with it. <laughs> the Hertzstein Museum, also referred to as the Hertzstein Memorial Museum, is a huge tourist attraction in Clayton. The museum was originally constructed in 1919 and started out as a Methodist Episcopal Church. 
The building at one point also had a one-lane bowling alley and a roller rink and a center stage. Jeez, it just has everything. I know. Eventually, the building evolved into a museum, and today the museum has an extensive display of antiques and artifacts, which have been given or loaned by many people interested in preserving the history and heritage of Clayton. Some examples are furnishings from a doctor's office in the 1930s. Haunted. Yeah. And (laughs) eye doctor's equipment. A model railroad with downtown Clayton as the background. Vintage clothing and hats. Native American artifacts, toys, and furniture. The museum also has exhibits from the Dust Bowl, which was a period of severe dust storms in that portion of the U.S. around Mm -hmm. the Great Depression. Yeah. But the museum also has an attraction for a different kind of crowd. The crowd that goes to see if all the ghost activity rumors are real. So like our kind of crowd. Exactly. (laughs) Victoria Baker, executive director of the Hertzstein Museum, said, quote, we've had several stories that ghosts have made us aware that they are here. She goes on to say, I think that we do have some sort of unknown spirits here. And you think about if every item carries energy, you never know what attaches to things here at the museum. Who knows what we have? I know we do have investigators who recorded a little boy's voice in the dark in the back bedroom, and we also heard high heels steps in the kitchen area. Needless to say, I was scared to death, end quote. Well, yeah, I would be too. (laughs) And I looked into these claims, and she's not just pulling them out of nowhere. There's evidence of unexplained noises such as stairs rattling, objects getting forcefully knocked over when no one was visibly in the room, and there's been a little boy's voice that Victoria mentioned that came through an EVP. Baker said she's uneasy about hosting a Halloween event because she doesn't want to spook visitors or spook yourself, Victoria. You know she's scared. <laughs> That's what um, you gotta do. It brings in the crowd. Exactly. Um, and she said, I don't want people to actually freak out. So overall, there's a ton of energetic paranormal activity in the museum, and you can get a scary guided tour of the museum for free when you visit, which is pretty cool. I would not mind that. But I actually do believe that this place might be haunted because, like, you would think they would try to make money off of, like, having Halloween stuff. Yeah. But if they actually don't want to freak people out too much, so they're not doing it, that's kind of interesting. It does give it more credibility of being creepy. Yeah. So next up, I'm going to talk about the Eklund Hotel. The Eklund Hotel is also infamous for paranormal activity. Keith Barris, owner of the hotel, said that, quote, people just like the character of the place and its uniqueness. I mean, there are not many places left like this anymore, end quote. There's a rumor that room 307 in the hotel is haunted by the ghost of a maid named Irene. And people who have stayed in the hotel say they've heard creaking floorboards and seen faces in the wallpaper. Particularly in room 307. Ew, I don't like that at all. That sounds terrifying. I know. (laughs) Any place where you're staying the night and you're seeing creepy stuff, I'm like, no. Yeah. I can't. Because that's like your sanctuary is when you're sleeping. It needs to be safe, not haunted and creepy. Yeah, and it's where you're like most vulnerable when you're asleep. So if there's creepy stuff going on, it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith said that this Irene lady hung herself because she was so distraught over a heartbreak. Aww. Visitors claim they've seen Irene walking the halls of Eckland. Um, by the way, I just have to say I like that the owner of the museum, um, the county clerk, and the hotel owner are all like acknowledging that there are ghosts in the town. Yeah. Because so many stories, you'll see like people avoiding it. Like in our Oregon episode, mm-hmm. the owner of the Hot Lake Springs Hotel wouldn't even talk about it or acknowledge it. Yeah, you're right. But it's like 
and she even like disabled her social media to avoid questions and stuff about it. So it's like, okay, oh. if, clearly if people were reporting it, you should at least talk about it. You know, you would think, but maybe something happened that just really terrified her. Maybe that's very true. And I think she was like really religious. Oh, but that could be it too. But Keith and Victoria hope that it attracts more people to the city of Clayton. And Baker says that they have events at the hotel and the museum all the time. And they're always trying to draw as much as they can in. And um, if it's ghosts that help them become famous, they're willing to run with that. That's how it should be (laughs) done. That's pretty cool. Next, I'm going to talk about Union County Courthouse. Very haunted location because of Blackjack Ketchum. Oh, my God. I talk about him, like, a teeny bit in my story. Really? Yes. Oh, I feel like there's so much is intermingled in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, but Black Jack Ketchum is a wild man. So a hot spot for spirits in Clayton is the Union County Courthouse. In 1901, a famous train robber named Black Jack Ketchum, who happened to be born on Halloween, oh. was hung outside of the courthouse. Um, so I wanted to go over the childhood and crimes of Blackjack because it's, like I said, wild. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So his birth name was Thomas Edward Ketchum. His father, Greenberry Ketchum Sr., died at the age of 48 when Tom was only five years old. His mother, Temperance Catherine Wydick Ketchum, suffered from blindness before she died when Thomas was just 10. Thomas was the youngest of eight children, and one of his older brothers, Samuel, was married and had two kids, but left his wife when the son was only three. Oh, You'll see later, these guys don't have morals. Yeah. So it's like, that doesn't... Well, it was, um, I don't... When did yours take place? When was this one a thing? This was like the 19... Late 1800s. Okay, yeah. So that Early was when 19. this whole place was just like a lawless so land. So wild west. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So Tom and Sam, those two brothers, worked as cowboys on ranches throughout West Texas and northern and eastern New Mexico. And so throughout their many cattle drives, they quickly learned the territory as well as the settlers and ranchers in the area. And then in 1892, Tom, his brother Sam, and several other outlaws learned that an Axison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad was en route to Deming, New Mexico. And they knew that whatever was on board that train would would give them a huge payout. The gang set up to rob the train just outside of Nut, New Mexico, at a water station about 20 miles north of Deming. Mm -hmm. The gang stopped the train, holding it at gunpoint, and made off with about $20,000, which today is equal to almost $600,000. Ooh. Insane. Yeah. During the robbery, the conductor was able to sneak away and made his way to Nut, where he telegraphed for help. Dang, that must have been terrifying. Yeah. And this man telegraphed for help. Telegraphing is like takes days to do. Is that the do 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 do? Yeah, and yeah, it's just like a whole process. But eventually, backup came. But by then, the gang was well hidden and oh, gone. Yeah. They were long gone, and the twenty thousand dollars was never found. Blackjack and his gang also shot and killed John Jap Powers. Based on my research, this was the only murder Blackjack was involved in, but I'm not sure how accurate that is because I'm yeah. sure he definitely killed someone. Oh, people. I'm sure. Yeah. But he would draw his weapon a lot when he was robbing places. He even got into a gunfight once after robbing a local store and post office. An owner of the store chased after them, and, you know, many shots were fired because they were chasing each other on horses, mm-hmm. just trying to get each other. 
Something interesting, though, is that the gang would roll up to dances, social functions, and saloons in northeast New Mexico. Just your casual Friday night. I know. And they were just known as, like, well-mannered young men riding good horses and had tons of money. Ah, yes. Our men who get into gunfights. Exactly. People had no idea about that side of, like, those guys when they would go into the town. And it wasn't until later that the townspeople of New Mexico found out that they were members of Blackjack Ketchum's Outlaw Game. So never judge a book by its cover. Um, But Blackjack's final robbery occurred when he was acting on his own. Everything went wrong for Blackjack that day because while he attempted to rob a train, the conductor shot him in the elbow. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, talk about your funny bone. Not not funny. (laughs) 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 It infuriates me whenever I hit my funny bone and someone says, oh, that's your funny bone because it's like so painful. Oh, yeah. I'm like, don't say that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyways, Blackjack escaped the train and he sat alone for days on the side of the road. He was dizzy and in excruciating pain. He was probably super infected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was like just there. What is he going to do? Yeah. But he saw a train coming and waved his hat on the end of his gun, which was a sign for help in those days. The train stopped to help and Blackjack drew a gun on them. Come on, dude. (laughs) an idiot. The conductor said, quote, we just came to help you. But if this is the way you feel, we'll we'll go ahead and leave you, end quote. Did and they leave him? Blackjack responded, no, boys, I'm all done. Take me in. <laughs> it's like, why did you put your gun at them then? Did he have to try to be tough? I think, yeah, he just wanted to look cool and whatever. It's like, dude, you're literally going to bleed out. Why are men? Ugh, so annoying. Blackjack was carried to the train, placed in the caboose, and taken to Folsom, New Mexico. Shortly after his arrest, Blackjack was transferred to Clayton for trial where he pled innocent, but the judge found him guilty and sentenced him to death by hanging. Trial for what? Um, for all of the train. Oh, all the things. Everything that he's been doing. Oh. The whole gang was like, they knew that these guys were doing it at this point. Yeah. Um, so the hanging was delayed several times until lawmen heard rumors that Tom's gang was going to attempt to free him. So like his brother, all of the rest of those bad guys were trying to get him out of there. So they heard that it was getting delayed, but then when they heard that, a decision was made and the hanging was scheduled for April 26, 1901 at 8 o'clock a.m. So close to your birthday. I know, and it's so early in the morning for a hanging. (laughs) Like, what the heck? (laughs) Um, The hanging was a big attraction with stores closing and saloons remaining open. Isn't that so just morbid, like people getting drunk? And and that's just so, like, whenever you think of that time, that's just all I can think about. I know. You picture, like, someone kicking open those, like, swinging doors, the two of them, and, like... So this whole time you've been talking, I'll be super quick. Joe and I just started a new show called Westworld. It's not new, but it's new to us. Yeah, I've seen that. And so it's on HBO. Oh my gosh, we're, like, so far into it. But it's just exactly what you're talking about (sighs) now with, like... The wild, like, you know, gang robber people and, like, the Wild West and the no laws yeah. all this. It's such a fascinating time. And it's, like, the U.S. is starting to, like, truly be formed. And then there's just these crazy people mm-hmm. taking advantage of all of the expansion. So the saloons did great business that day. And only the saloons were open. People came from all over the area to see the big event where the local lawmen were selling tickets to view the hanging as well as little dolls of Tom hanging on a stick. Oh my gosh. This, this part, if you have a sensitive stomach, that from here on out, it's 
pretty disgusting. It's Ooh. very graphic. Okay. So the town of Clayton had no experience in hanging a man, and there was a debate concerning the length of the rope. Oh, no. The night before the scheduled hanging, the rope was tested by attaching a 200-pound sandbag to the noose and dropping it through the trap. Finally, at 1.13 p.m. on the day of Tom's hanging, which, I mean, I'm sure he... Imagine waiting all day to be hung. Like five hours, something like that? <sighs> yeah. Jeez. So Thomas Blackjack Ketchum was taken to the scaffold. While they were adjusting the hood, Ketchum stated, quote, hurry up, boys, get this over with. <laughs> I just cannot handle how he talked. <laughs> okay. Sorry, this is really sad, but it's... Ugh. Finally, Sheriff Garcia took two blows with a hatchet, cutting the rope, and Tom fell through the trap. That doesn't seem like that's the right way. Unfortunately... The inexperienced hangman had forgotten about the sandbag that they had used to test the rope, and the weight of it caused the rope to be as rigid as wire. When Blackjack fell through the drop, he was immediately decapitated. <gasps> the black hood pinned to his shirt was the only thing that kept his head from rolling away. Oh. <laughs> a few minutes later, the doctor pronounced him dead, which, wow, you deserve a raise. We can all freaking tell he's dead <laughs> by then. And then sewed his head to his torso prior to the burial at Clayton's boot Excuse hill. Excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is wild. So this was the last official hanging to occur in New Mexico. <laughs> I wish everyone could see Lauren's face right now. <laughs> This was the last official hanging to occur in New Mexico, and many people believed it haunted the shit out of Clayton. I mean, <laughs> valid. By the way, when I was doing my research, um, they interviewed this guy who was like the great-great-grandson of Sheriff Garcia. Mm -hmm. And they're like asking him questions, which it's so funny because it's like he doesn't know anything. He yeah. wasn't there. But he's like, yeah, like it's cool that that was my great-great-grandpa, but it's like unfortunate that he was involved in that gruesome hanging mm -hmm. um clayton county clerk mary lou harkins which doesn't that sound like a clerk name yes <laughs> i just picture her like a little chubby with glasses on sitting at her oh. desk <laughs> but um she has directly blamed blackjack ketchum's hanging on the strange occurrences and noises in the courthouse she didn't go into details of the haunted occurrences but mary says quote it was a gruesome hanging he was decapitated there were many witnesses including children end quote oh because i can't imagine he's resting peacefully oh definitely not and the fact that like oh just they it's they were so they didn't know what they were doing no and just ugh. blackjack ketchum was apparently the only person who suffered capital punishment for the offense of quote felony felonious assault upon a railway train end quote Did in I already the state say, of new mexico i really love the word felonious that's an insane word it just sounds so fun it is i mean felonious. it's something bad but it sounds so cool it sounds like a spell felonious <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um so yeah the only person who suffered capital punishment for the offense of quote felonious assault upon a whale railway train in the state of new mexico Later, the law was found to be unconstitutional, but way too late for poor Tom. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> also, apparently, when you visit the Clayton Cemetery, because there's only one, you'll find his grave smack dab in the middle. Uh oh. The reason for that is that in 1930, the cemetery had been divided up between the Catholics and the Protestants, and neither group wanted his remains. Oh! Isn't that insane? Yes. <sighs> Something interesting, too. 
is someone puts flowers on his grave every Halloween, which is his birthday, but they never know who it is. Oh, that's weird. This man has been dead for a century and some change, and no one could ever figure out who's still leaving those flowers. Dang. Isn't that crazy? That is really, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That must be like a fa- like a secret family tradition that some family has. Mm-hmm. So that's the insane story of Black Jack Ketchum and his just wild self. He's insane. Do we know why he was nicknamed Black Jack? I don't know, actually. I can very confidently say I would never want to live in, like, the Wild West times. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like you would fear for your life every second. Every second. But apparently, um, the nickname came about by accident because there was a different outlaw named Blackjack Christian, and people would mistake Blackjack Ketchum for him, so the name just stuck. Oh, that's kind of cool. So it came from whatever Blackjack Christian was named that for. That's interesting. All right. So mine is also in the kind of lawless times. I'm going to be talking about the Haunted St. James Hotel. So a lot of this information came from Legends of America mixed with like a lot of other stuff, but that's where I got kind of the base of all of this information. And like we said, we're going to find a way to post all of our sources. We have a document of all of them. We just have to figure out where to put that document. Um, So the St. James Hotel is located in... Kimarone, New Mexico, and a description of the hotel on their website is, quote, dating from 1872, this historic Old West hotel has an outlaw her- with an outlaw heritage is 4.2 miles from Philmont Scout Ranch and 16.6 miles from Kimarone Canyon State Park. Named after famous outlaws who have stayed there, the Victorian rooms include antiques and four-poster beds. Antiques are haunted, obviously. Mm. Some rooms share bathrooms. There are no phones or TVs. Casual rooms in an annex come with TVs and air conditioning. A restaurant serves steaks and New Mexico dish- New Mexican dishes. And the antique bar's ceiling features authentic bullet holes. No way. So like their website said, the hotel was built in 1872 by Henry Lambert, Henry with an I, which he later changed to Henry with a Y. I would too. <laughs> Henry with an I, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, before it was called the St. James Hotel, it was known by the name of Lambert's Inn. And at this time, the inn included a saloon, a restaurant, and 43 rooms. Many different outlaws have been to this inn to include Jesse James, Buffalo Bill Cody, Clay Allison, Doc Holliday, Billy the Kid, and Blackjack Ketchum. Blackjack Ketchum. Just to name a few. And these few are also responsible for the bullet holes in the ceiling. So a little background of our owner, Henry. Before he opened his inn, he was actually Abe Lincoln's personal chef and had been a recommendation from Ulysses S. Grant. But then after Lincoln was assassinated in 1865, Lambert began the move west to find gold, but instead ended up in Elizabethtown and opened a saloon and restaurant there. Oh my gosh. Wait, can I just say really quick? That's insane. But also when you said moving west to find gold, when I was little, my dad told me about that, how like people would move west to find gold. So I literally thought until I was like eight years old that everyone who lived in like California, (laughs) their ancestors had found gold and that's why they were so rich. (laughs) Yeah, so they all moved west to find gold. Um, In 1870, when the Maxwell Land Grant was sold, the new land grant company found out that Lambert, a renowned French chef, was working in Elizabethtown, and they were able to convince him to move to Kimmerone. So once there, Lambert opened his inn, and that I talked about earlier, in 1872. 
So these were lawless times. Mm-hmm. The saloon quickly became known as, quote, a place of violence, and 26 men were shot within. People used to say about the inn, who was killed at Lambert's last night? And it appears Lambert had himself another man for breakfast. Oh, my gosh. Due to the popularity of this saloon, Lambert had to add more rooms. So in 1880, he added many, many more rooms because it soon became known as one of the most elegant hotels west of the Mississippi River. Some famous people who stayed here were Wyatt Earp. Nope. Wyatt Earp and his brother Morgan and both of their wives. They spent three nights here while traveling to Tombstone, Arizona, was a lawman of the West. Mm. Jesse James also stayed here and always stayed in room 14. And he would sign the registry as R.H. Howard, which was his alias. So James was an outlaw, train robber, just all-around bad guy. Mm -hmm. And the man who eventually killed him, Bob Ford, also stayed at the inn. Buffalo Bill Cody, a soldier and showman, met Annie Oakley, who was known for all of her sharpshooting abilities. They met here. They began to plan and rehearse their Wild West show. This show was mainly a circus-type show. And a quote from Legends of America described the show as, quote, consisting of a series of historical scenes interspersed with feats of showmanship, sharpshooting, staged races, rodeo-style events, and sideshows. So I thought this was kind of weird. Henry Lambert had a son named Fred, and Fred was born during a snowstorm. So Buffalo Bill, they were like buddies, Mm -hmm. nicknamed him Cyclone Dick. Uh (laughs) And then Buffalo Bill soon became Fred's godfather. Wow. So I don't know how you get that nickname from the name Fred, Fred Lambert, but you do you, Buffalo Bill. Wow. People were literally wild in this time period. (laughs) Wild West. Like, So soon after this, the hotel was then renamed the St. James, but sadly it fell into disrepair after the Santa Fe Trail died and the gold in the area ran out. In 1901, Lambert's sons helped replace the roof and found more than 400 bullet holes in the ceiling above the bar. So the people are just sitting at the bar just, like, shooting up in the air. They're like, give me a drink and just shoot the ceiling. So thankfully, they had laid a double layer of wood on the ceiling so that guests staying in rooms above the bar wouldn't be killed while sleeping. Oh, my gosh. Um, So Lambert died in 1913, and the hotel remained uninhabited. Uninhabited. But in 1985, it was finally restored by Ed Stiltzberger and his wife, Patricia. That's so much longer later. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's almost like, 100 years. Yeah. Like, 70. And that's recent that it was, like, restored. Mm-hmm. So one of the hallways in the hotel, a plaque is hung that commemorates all of the men who have lost their lives while the building was a saloon. The original headstone of the Minister of Cimarron, Parson Franklin J. Tolby, is also in this hallway. So some hauntings. Mm. One thing that I read that was really fun is that Ouija boards are banned here. So very smart. Love yeah. this rule. Honestly, that makes me want to stay there. Yeah, right? Sound, like, I will smart. never, ever use a Ouija board. Yeah, me neither. Oh my gosh, wait, I have something really creepy. When we moved into my house when I was younger, um, like my childhood house, um, my cousin was visiting and we went into like this back room in the basement and he was older than me. And he was like, what are these? And it was these boxes. And they were really old games. And one of them was a Ouija board. Ew. And we threw it out. Good. Yeah. Did it ever come back? No. Oh, my it God. It was gone. Ew, I It was that. so creepy. I feel like the old pe- owners who left just did it to mess with us. But oh. still, I don't like that. That's no. not funny. <laughs> no. Um, so it's not hard to imagine, but there are many spirits that remain in this hotel. Many psychics have visited the hotel and have been able to identify three main spirits, but have also mentioned that many other spirits just pass through. They usually come to relive all of their experiences here. 
Um, so the second floor is said to be the most active. People have experienced cold spots and the smell of cigars, which is weird because smoking isn't allowed in the hotel. So a manager is quoted as saying, quote, you never see them, but you do feel and hear them. Mm. Another story is a former owner had walked into the bar and looked in the mirror behind the bar. She noticed a cowboy standing behind her. And when she turned around, no one was there. Oh, my gosh. So room 18 is one of the rooms you hear about a lot. So the malevolent spirit of Thomas James Wright is in this room. His story goes that in 1881, also reported as March 31st, 1882, he was at the hotel playing poker. He had made a bet against the hotel owner, won the bet, and ended up winning the whole hotel. Wow. So Wright returned to his room at the end of the night, but right when he walked into his room, room 18, he was shot in the back. He managed to pull and crawl his way into his room where he eventually bled out and died. So his spirit is pissed and it's angry. It doesn't want company. So one former owner was in the room and was literally pushed down. She also saw a ball of angry orange light in the upper corner of the room just floating. The room doesn't have much in it anymore, just a bed frame, no mattress, a coat rack, a rocking chair, and a dresser. And on the dresser is a Jack Daniels bottle, a pitcher and glass, a hand of cards, a Copenhagen tin, and many shot glasses. Wow. The wall also has, quote, a bad painting of a half-naked woman. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) There have been a number of mysterious deaths that have occurred in this room, though I couldn't find anything about the deaths. So the room is kept locked at all times. That's good. People rarely enter and no one is allowed to sleep in here. Yeah, and being, <coughs> being shot in the back is one of the worst ways to die. Like that is so – you don't even have a chance to fight back. Like I, I believe that there would be like spirits mad about that. Oh, yeah, and you probably don't even know who did it, but mm-hmm. I bet he can imagine it was the hotel owner. Yeah. So room 17 was Henry's second wife, Mary Elizabeth. This is where she was usually staying and where she was usually seen. Her perfume, which is rose-scented, is noticed in this room as well. And if a window in the room is kept open, an insistent tapping can be heard, and the tapping will continue until the window is closed. So that's kind of sweet. A milky, transparent woman has been seen in the hallway outside of this room, and it's believed that she remains in the hotel as its protector. I'm dying over here. <laughs> this is the most I've talked all day. <laughs> all right, so some other hauntings are the, little, the quote, little imp. That's not my words. That's this words. Um, It's also seen around the hotel, and he is described as a, quote, dwarf-like little man. He likes to play tricks on the staff, and he likes to laugh at them. He will lock the receptionists out of their office. He undoes the wrapped silverware, which I can attest to. If you unwrap the silverware that I just wrapped, it's so annoying. And he'll stack it in the middle of the tables. He turns the oven on, pulls people's hair, and turns lights on and off. It is usually said that once he, quote, stuck a knife into the floor between two owners. So I guess they were talking just threw a knife in between them. Wow. He is usually blamed for any objects that have gone missing. And those objects will usually end up in odd locations. So oh my gosh. where you would never put them. I would blame things on him all the time if all I worked the time. there. Oh, I'm late. He locked me out of the yeah. room. <laughs> so Johnny, a two-year-old boy, is seen. He's said to have long golden curls and wears a long white gown. He's reportedly the son of Henry and Mary Lambert. He supposedly died in an accident, though it's not specified. Reportedly, half of his face is covered in burns. When he was alive, it is said that he ran into someone who was carrying a pot of fried foods. Oh my gosh, poor baby. I know. He's seen running around the hallways, playing and getting into mischief. People have seen him sitting on the bar spinning a bottle. So he'll just be there spinning a bottle. And when mm-hmm. he's approached, he'll jump off, jump off of his stool and just disappear into the floor. 
There are also two little girls who have been seen. One is 12 and one is 9. So their story is that their family was traveling when the two girls fell sick. The family stopped at the hotel to wait until they felt better to continue their trip. But unfortunately, they both died from diphtheria in the late 1800s. They are seen playing near the governor's room, and they like to play with Johnny. But they also don't like when he acts mischievous. (laughs) Melissa is another person. She was apparently a lady of the evening in the late 1800s. Men report feeling their hair being pulled, their necks getting tickled, and feeling a pressure lay or sit on their bed as if a person has just laid down. So it got so bad that they had to call a paranormal investigator in after the men constantly reported these feelings. Mm -hmm. But no one's sure if Melissa's still there or not. There haven't been any reports recently. Staff has also reported that items will fall off the walls and electrical equipment will act up. Cold spots have been reported, as well as lights turning on by themselves, the feeling of being watched. And cameras won't work in the hotel, but the moment you go outside, your camera works fine. What the heck? In 2002, one employee, a college student named Cody Mutz, was working at the front desk when he all of a sudden heard a loud shriek coming from the far corner of the lobby. He looked around the lobby and saw nothing. The other three guests who were also in the lobby didn't notice the scream at all, didn't react, nothing. In May of 1988, a high school student named Charlie Valera was cleaning the bar at 5 a.m. He saw a little kid, probably Johnny, spinning the bottle on the bar. Charlie moved closer to the boy, and when Johnny turned to face him, his face was glowing blue. He got it from his bar stool and disappeared into the floor. So a man named Tom Jenkins has spent many nights here over many months, and he likes to record his stories. So his stories are, he was staying in the Zane Gray room and noticed the small mirror in his bathroom kept moving back and forth. So he touched the mirror and it stopped moving. Jokingly, the man said, what's the matter? Are you tired of playing? The mirror moved back and forth once more than stopped for the rest of the time he was there. Another night he was there in October 2005, he had yet another experience. Down the hall from the Zane Gray room is a smaller room that has a poker table in it. Mm -hmm. So this man, um, Tom Jenkins was the only guest at the hotel at the time, but continued to hear the sounds of people talking down the hall in that room. So he kept hearing phrases such as, Joker's wild, or Jack's, or better to open. So he decided that he had always wanted to play poker in that room one day, and knew that this was the night to join. This was going to be the time he finally played poker in this room. Mm -hmm. So he walked out of his room and looked down the hall, and saw a woman in what he described wearing a, quote, bright red ruffled 19th century period dress. Jenkins described that he may not get the chance to play poker again as he had always wanted to, so he walked down to the poker room. Inside, he said that he saw, quote, three men all in period dress, end quote. He asked what the stakes were, and one of the men replied, $20 ante. Not having the money and having to be up early the next day, Jenkins declined and went back to his room and went to bed. So the next morning, as he was checking out at the front desk, he asked the receptionist about the poker game last night and Mm -hmm. asked if anyone had won big. The receptionist responded with, quote, Mr. Jenkins, I've been here all night and you were the only one upstairs. What? Mm -hmm. So he just walked in on like some old timey poker game that, you know, was not actually happening. Oh my gosh. So in May of 2005, a group of ghost hunters named the International Ghost Hunter Society had an experience at the St. James. The group walked around the hotel with their EMF meters and reportedly got some strange readings. They also heard strange sounds coming out of the sealed-off room 18. One of the investigators, Rich Smithson, stated that as they were falling asleep in room 17, which was Mary's room, Mm -hmm. they felt a tender touch on their back. Immediately after that, the investigator's wife felt fingers moving over her hand. Okay, I have a story about this. 
when Joe and I lived at our old place, so before here. Mm-hmm. I came home late one day. I had gotten dinner with a friend pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and he was already sleeping in bed, so I just got ready for bed, crawled right into bed next to him, and was just about to fall asleep when I felt something really cold touch the middle of my forehead. <gasps> And so I like jolted awake and I was like, what is that? So I touched my head with all of my fingers to see if like one of my hands was really cold. It wasn't. And so I was like, okay, that was really weird. And at that moment, Joe like, like breathed really weird and woke up and he was like, Lauren, like I just had sleep paralysis. I couldn't move. I was calling your name and you weren't answering me. Oh my God. And we were both really tired. So we fell back asleep. So the next day he texts me and he goes, do you remember what I told you last night? And I said, yes, I do. He's like, I remember my entire dream. So his dream was we were in our bed. We were in our room, but it wasn't our room in our house. It was our room, but it was at our friend's house. And so his friend was standing at the end of the bed, just like looking at him. And then all of a sudden turned into a dark cloud and like floated up his chest and stopped on his chest. And Joe said he couldn't breathe at that point. So he's like trying to wake me up because he can't breathe, but he has sleep paralysis, so you can't move. And at the time that that was happening, we realized was the time that I got touched by something in my, like on my head. And so that was super, super creepy. So we looked it up and if something sits on your chest, that's known as the old hag. And she's like a legit sleep paralysis Uh demon. So freaking creepy. Oh my gosh. So this was the second time Joe's had like a sleep paralysis episode. Mm -hmm. But since we've moved here, he hasn't had anything. But That uh, is so creepy. Yeah. So I don't know if like something touched me to wake me up to get his attention. Yeah. I don't know. And like of all the nights for that to happen to each of you. Yeah. That's so creepy. It was super creepy. I'm glad you guys are okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So back to our Rich Smithson. At 3 a.m., surprise, surprise, the two are awoken by a loud scream coming from inside their room. The investigator started to take photographs of the room to see if they could catch anything. Apparently, he caught a vortex in one of his photos. So a vortex is, quote, a funnel of energy that is associated with ghostly activity. Rich also said that he had taken a photo of the second-story window on room 18 in the photo of faces staring back from inside the room. So, like, the room that you cannot go into. Wow. All right. So today I watched um, a video on YouTube about people who have had experiences at this hotel. Oh my God. So I was going to watch Ghost Adventures, but I was like, nah, you know, I have to, I have to find something else. Yeah. But I did watch a little bit of Ghost Adventures and Zach Baggins uh-huh. is describes he had a feeling when he walked in saying that he was at death's door. He had never felt this sick. So in a joking way, he goes, I'll just have to cowboy up, sir. Um, One of the housekeepers, Jennifer H., had an experience in one of the bathrooms. She said she saw a tall cowboy figure in the bathroom stall next to her, and then it went away. Oh, my goodness. But so I was like, you know what? We're going to watch someone who's not as popular. I'm going to see what their story is. And this was, oh, man. So their name is Believe. They are a paranormal hunting group. Uh So Chris Fleming, an investigator, and Judy, the event coordinator at the hotel, One in a room, 18. Judy said that she felt a presence in the room with them. She said that she had started to feel uneasy, so Chris stepped in to perform an EVP session. Judy asked, is there anyone here? I would really like to know who all is in here. Do they view me as a lady? Is that why they won't talk to me? An EVP is heard saying, yes, back to Judy. They then moved to another room, though they didn't specify which room they were going to. Mm -hmm. And Bill Chappell, I believe another investigator, and Chris were in this room. They used a white noise machine, so pretty much like a spirit box, like I explained in episode one. Mm -hmm. But a fun fact, apparently the name of it was picked out by spirits. 
So the inventor of the box asked spirits what they wanted it to be called, and the spirit said a spirit box. Mm-hmm. They asked what number they wanted it to like have, I guess, and the spirits predominantly said seven. Predominantly said seven, with another saying 13. So older versions are called the SB7, so the spirit box seven, and newer ones are called the SB13. Oh my god. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's so interesting. Um, so their white noise machine will pick up energy in the room and amplify it so that the investigators can hear what's being said. So Chris asked, were you a cowboy? And got an EVP saying cowboy. Which is kind of cool. That's crazy. They then went to James's room, like Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Anthony Leeser, who was also an investigator, went into this room and... Believe it or not, he's related to Jesse James on his grandmother's side. Of course. So he decided to stay in Jesse James's room that night, though nothing happened with that. He so was then, like, I won't mess with you because we're related. Must have been. So in Mary's room, another EVP session was done with three of the investigators, and they got an EVP saying asshole. <laughs> <laughs> room 18 was investigated again, and they wanted to talk to Thomas Wright, so the one who was shot. Mm-hmm. They are quoted saying, Thomas, are you here with us? The EVP said, impossible. And another one said, die. So one of the guys freaked out. So he like, his name's Chris. He's an interesting one that I have learned from this like 20 minute video I watched. So you see him standing there and all of a sudden he just freaks out and jumps forward. So he said that a hand came out of the wall, grabbed his shirt and tried to pull him through the wall. (laughs) They also, ooh, this is bad. So they also asked, who's the prettiest woman here? The EVP said, I effed her. So I'm not going to say the actual word. (laughs) They said, what's your name? The EVP said, David Scott. The EVP also said that it had a pistol when asked what kind of gun he had. And when asked if he had ever met Jesse James, the EVP said yes. So they were like, cool, can we talk to Jesse? And the EVP said, right here. But then he wouldn't talk to them anymore. Oh, my God. Okay, so this was a weird thing. So they used one of these stick figure machines. I don't know the name of it, but pretty Mm -hmm. much you sit kind of like on a green grid. So the green grid's on you. Mm -hmm. And you're looking into the camera, or you're looking into the screen with the camera pointed at you. And it looks like you're just a stick figure. So if you move your arm, it looks like little stick figures moving its arms, right? Mm -hmm. So Chris is sitting in this little thing. You see a stick figure. And as he's asking questions, you see another stick figure enter the screen. So mm. there's no one next to him. So it's like a little ghosty stick figure. And it looks inc- it looks so creepy. So I'll link this video, but it's at minute 13 of the YouTube video. So oh. before the figure had appeared, Chris said that he would open himself up to a spirit to take over and use his body to communicate. So the figure shows up right next to him. It's there for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Then Chris starts to act all weird. He looks like he's falling asleep or passing out and, like, kind of can't keep himself up straight. Mm -hmm. Then he starts breathing all weird, starts twitching. His head goes back, and he does all these weird breathing noises. And so the cameraman, like, the investigator off camera says, does it feel good to be back in a human body? And Chris, or his body, gives a really weird smile and (gasps) laughs a little bit. And then he continues to breathe really weird. And so the guy off camera says, tell us your name. Weird Chris spirit man says, Sam. Guy says, are you a cowboy? Spirit says, yeah, <gasps> fun. Blackjack's brother? I don't know. Oh, was his brother's name Sam? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't know. That's interesting. So the Chris Sam person starts to feel his pockets, and the investigator says, are you looking for your gun? You won't find it here. And then he stops looking for him, like his pockets. Then the Sam guy starts grunting and breathing weird again. <laughs> so the man off camera goes, how old are you? And Sam says, 42. He says, when is your birthday? Sam says, 1826. Would that fit up with Blackjack Ketchum's birthday? 
Um, no, that was a little too early. <sighs> Bummer. Yeah. Uh, Chris then. Later. Dang it. Yeah. Chris then starts to breathe all weird again, and his head tilts back again. He then starts to cough and since and says Sam is no longer in him. Now it is Chris. But then he breathes all weird again, and his head goes back again, and then he goes limp in, limp in his chair while breathing all weird, and this goes on for a while. And then someone now is in control of Chris's body and starts oh to feel his gosh. chest. So the dude off camera goes, who shot you? The person says, Walter. I don't know mm-hmm. who Walter is. The off camera man asks the spirit's name, and we don't get an answer before Chris leans back again and becomes himself. Yeah. So he starts rubbing his head because he hit it on the counter multiple times mm-hmm. when he was like, I don't know, doing all of his weird trancey things. Mm-hmm. So he's quoted at the end saying that he's a channeler and can feel and see how the spirit died along with their emotions and thought processes at the time. So I want to believe it, but, like, yeah, it was just real intense. And, like, this is the first time I ever saw this Chris dude. It was just very intense for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would be laughing. Yeah, I, like, (laughs) the whole time my mouth, it was just, like, hung open. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Um, But a fun fact about this hotel, rooms start at only $70 per night, Nora. Well, there's a reason for that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd want to stay here. At first, I was like, oh, I would totally stay here. Like, they lock up the room. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's so much cool stuff. I'm not staying there. Yeah. After, by the ending, no. But they do offer food. You can go there just for, like, dinner or lunch or something. I I want to see the bullets. I do, too. I do, too. That'd actually be pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the St. James Hotel. Wow, that was so interesting. It sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, that's so crazy. We just we have to make this our whole, like, road trip map. I know. It'll be so fun. I know. All right, well, thank you so much for listening to us today, making it through with my horrible voice. <laughs> um, if you have any recommendations or would like to send in any anything, any stories you have, please send it to our email at a scary state podcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at a scary state podcast. And if you'd like, you can review us on iTunes. If please. you want to go Michael J. Fox 67 and write a review. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we really appreciate the support and um, we hope that you guys are enjoying everything. Yeah. So um, thanks for listening and stay scary. Stay safe.